Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from the one and only true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You guys over here are going to have to wait a few more weeks before I really look at you during a sermon, okay? Just so you're aware. Unless I do a little jig over this. i got to go way over here. There, now I can talk to you guys. How's it going this morning? Good to see you. Some, there, hey, Bob's here. Hey, Bob. Hey, I hadn't seen you before. Yeah. No, it's good. I like the sun, right? We enjoy the sun. Sunshine comes out. That means snow gets melted. Weather gets warmer. Speaking of which, what is life about? Is it enjoying the weather each day? Is it enjoying the gifts that God gives to us? Is it trying to make the best of all that we have? What do you strive to do in life? Is it to make good memories that you can look back on fondly? Is it then to try and recreate those memories from the past? You know, we talk to people, usually, usually, when you ask, you know, what part of life do they want to live in, it's usually not the day that they're currently living in. It's usually, oh, I wish I could go back when my kids were younger, I loved those days. I wish I could go back to my college days, I loved the freedom of those days. I wish I could go forward to where I was retired and I had freedom to go and do stuff. Whatever it is... We tend to always look at another time of life as being better than what we're currently in. St. Paul talks to us a little bit about that in his lesson, in his letter to the Philippians this morning. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What does he mean, forgetting what lies behind? Does that mean that we should not cherish those memories, that we should not enjoy those times and forget about all that stuff in the past? Well, my brain is really good at that. Just ask my wife. Really good at forgetting that stuff in the past and straining forward. That's not always a good thing, though. That's not what Paul is saying. He's not saying forget the past. What they're saying in the lessons here and what Jesus is bringing out in this parable is don't cling to the past. The Israelites were clinging to the past. They were saying, well, look what God did in the past. Oh, that he would do that again now. Oh, how he saved us from Egypt. Oh, that he would do that now. Oh, that he saved us from Babylon. Oh, that he would do that now. They were clinging to the past and thinking that maybe God forsook them because they had ignored the law. Maybe they weren't following the law close enough. They kept clinging to the past, thinking that would bring them salvation. Now, I tried to lay the groundwork a little at the beginning of service, where Jesus is. He's in Jerusalem. It is Holy Week. He's already, when he's telling this parable, he's already made the triumphal entry. He's been greeted He's gone into the temple, he's cleansed the temple, driving out the money changers. That means it's only a few hours, really, until he is arrested, until he is put on trial, until he is crucified. And he tells this very parable. And as you say, as I said in there, he said, uh, he looked directly at them. He tells the parable to the crowd of people that are there that, have cheered him on, that welcomed him into Jerusalem. But out amongst those people were the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. And they perceived that Jesus was talking about them. 
And what did Jesus say? He said, he talked about a vineyard and the tenants of the vineyard. They would have known exactly what he meant. In Isaiah chapter 5, God talks about his people as being a vineyard and how he set up this wonderful vineyard, how he dug out all the stones and built the wall and the tower and he planted great vines for grapes. And what did he get? Wild grapes. He said, what should I do? I should destroy it. The people of God are often talked about as God's vineyard. So when Jesus here tells this parable about the owner of the vineyard, clearly that's God, letting it out to the tenants, that's the people of God, and specifically here the leaders, the rulers. And then he says, and what did these people do? God sent them prophets, and they beat them. They even killed them rather than listening to them. God had sent prophets all throughout the history of Israel, whether it was Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Malachi. God continually sent prophets to his people, and the people continually ignored, or worse yet, killed the very prophets that he sent. And so as he's telling this parable, and the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? The people would say, well, go kill the tenants. Do you see how they're treating you? And he says, oh, I'll send my beloved son. And the crowd would have known, been like, no, don't, how dare, don't do that. If they beat the prophets, they're going to kill the son. And that's the whole point Jesus is making. He knows exactly why he came to Jerusalem. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And God the Father knew exactly what was going to happen. This parable is often called the parable of the wicked tenants. Really, it should be called the parable of the amazing, abundant, merciful owner. The owner who continually tried to reach out to the tenants, who continually sent people to them, who then even sent his own beloved son to them to give them again and again and again another chance. And what do the tenants do to the son? Of course, you know they kill him. And so when St. Paul is talking about uh, forgetting what lies behind. He's saying, do not cling to the way you acted in the past. Do not cling to that, that where you thought you could take over the vineyard yourself. Do not cling to the fact that you thought you could save yourself by your good works. Let go of that. God has given you something different, something new through his son, Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, look at who I was. You want to talk about someone who was in the eyes of humans, as close to God as you could get, he gives his whole list. Circumcised in the eighth day from Israel, Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee, a persecutor of the church. He was blameless. And yet, he didn't cling to any of that. He didn't present that forward and say, look at what I can do. Look at who I am. Look at me. This makes me worthy. He said, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He's saying all of that was worthless. It meant nothing, nothing with regards to Christ, with regards to salvation. And so he said, I forget it. I let it go. I don't sit here and say I'm good enough. This is what we're called to forget. Forget that you were in church last Sunday. Forget the good that you did. Forget who you are, the blessings you've received. 
That counts nothing towards your salvation. Let it go. You're here again this morning, once again, and the owner of the vineyard once again comes to you with his blessings to give you the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, to give you everything that you need. When next Sunday rolls around or even next Thursday night rolls around, don't say to yourself, I'm good. I was in church already last week. I'm good. I was baptized at some point in the past. I'm good. I received the Lord's Supper whenever the last time you received it. Forget what lies behind. That's done. It's over with. God is here doing a new thing yet again this morning, giving you new life once again this morning because you need it. I need it. I'm not going to stand up here and say, eh, I'm a pastor. I'm good. You know what? I've been in church nearly every single week, uh, you know, in the last 13 years as pastor. Yeah, I'm fine. I've built up, you know, I'm not in church once, but twice, right? Sunday and Thursday. Oh, and on chapel on Wednesday morning, I get to present the message and hear the word. I'm pretty good. I'll just, uh, I'll just skip this time. Forget what lies behind. Nothing that we do on our own has any consequence towards our salvation, only that Christ went to the cross, suffered and died and rose again, and has met you here again this morning. Whatever shape you're in, whatever you've done in the past, it's gone. You're made new once again this morning. Whatever thoughts you may have had, whatever you may have done, even if it was just this morning, even if it was right now, the Lord's Supper lays ahead of you. We strive forward for the upward call. We take what God has given to us and we strive forward. This is what Lent is all about. This fifth week of Lent, as we've continued to look forward to what Christ has for us, we lay behind what we have done. It means nothing. God has given us a new life and he'll continue to offer you this gift as often as we gather together until that day when he returns to take us all home. When that day comes, may we be found striving for it, not resting on any laurels of our own, not resting on our good works and our good deeds, not thinking I've been good enough, but striving forward each and every day to receive that upward call in Christ Jesus. Rest in him, knowing the gift that he gives you this morning is yours for free, the gift of life, and salvation for you because of Jesus. In his name we give thanks and praise. Amen.